This show is brought to you by Club Force. Club Force is a sports participation system to help volunteers raise funds, manage data, and communicate with its members. So, on the Backdoor GA podcast, this week we're going to look ahead to another bumper weekend of action um, across the championship. Paulie, really, after last weekend, I suppose. The best thing we can really hope for is closer games this weekend in the championship. Yeah, I suppose. Look, yeah, I suppose it's, it's, there's a bit of kind of I suppose a, a bit of doom and gloom or negativity there in the first part of this week. People kind of you know rather than focusing on maybe the performance of the stronger teams, it's more focusing just on I suppose the gap in results or the gap in score lines between both teams like and I suppose it's it's yeah it, it, as a neutral point of view I suppose like and um you are hoping for better contests like but I suppose it's just you can't hide away from the results either though at the end of the day like championship is your barometer like and at the moment um, the better results are going like the the top teams are getting stronger and 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 the results last year like where the likes of Cavan and, and um, Tipperary had their provincial winning that that was a, a an exception rather than something that's going to be the norm, or should we say? Yeah, and I was only discussing it with Joe, like about how there is an imbalance in the moment. Do you? I suppose there's a couple of different motions going to be brought into Congress later in the year, but a lot of people really want to see, I suppose, a new structure of the championship implemented for 2022. Do you think, like, I suppose? Early on in the noughties, you had the provincial championships competitive, but you think now it is time for a change more than ever? But I think that, like, you know, all right, the provincial championships have been around now for a long time, like, but just try something, like, you know what I mean? Even I think, even go back a couple of years ago, if someone said the, the, the provincial championships were going to turn into a round robin, there might have been questions about it, like, you know, and I just think they just need to try it. And, and I suppose the prime example, I think they missed out. They, they missed out on an opportunity this year. I know there was a shorter window because the club now is getting a fair chance and there's a certain time to fit in all the games, etc. But still, I just think this year with an ideal thing where they had, they kind of tried, they combined the league into the championship. Do you know what I like, You know, a few managers mentioned it there. Um, uh, so basically, you know, the way you'd have like teams are seeded and you just have a group of four. And then again, based on, as you said, if you finish in the top two, you progress, we call it the All Ireland series. If you, or in the bottom two, you progress to the the Talton Cup or something similar. Like so, like yeah, I just think they, you know, I can be like just because things are so unusual because of COVID. I just think they missed an opportunity just to try something like. And I think people wouldn't have been, you know, for the most part, people are more understanding because of COVID. Like so, it's just a pity. Maybe that was missed out on. Like, but um, but definitely, I would be an advocate that something certainly needs to tr- certainly needs to to change. Like because um. Just to see, is there a better alternative? Yeah, uh, I just want to touch on something as I just listening to the football pod day during the week, and uh, Paddy Andrews is talking about the inside Dublin going to. But something that was very interesting, um, he was talking about the video analysis Dublin um, do on different teams. Joe, like from when you started out to when you were finishing up for me, could you see the progression of video analysis in the game? 
Oh, definitely. You know, uh, obviously technology has improved a lot now, and you've drones and everything flying over games, and it's it's just can pinpoint certain lads, and and you get away with nothing these days. Unfortunately, I used to hide the forward line trying to get away with a few runs, but you you won't get away with that anymore. Um, oh yeah, especially for time constraints and different things like that. Lads with the experts now that most setups have regarding sort of the the tactics, the stats, the, um, obviously the breakdown of the game. It's um, it's top quality. I remember we used to sit and watch the whole game, run through it. It'd be an hour and 45 minutes just what doing the video reviews. So now at least you can put it into snippets. You've got, you can focus on certain players. You can, you know, really utilize the information to a point where it's going to have an impact on your game. Um, I'm not a big fan of overanalyzing and, um, looking too deep into another team to a point, but there's a massive, there's a massive advantage there to some of the detail that we have, and I think we spoke about it before. Ray Boyne, who was involved with Dublin, like I've been involved with the Lancer team, and he was his, his, his detail and his, um, his breakdown of the game is phenomenal. And you know, I'm sure county teams and setups across the county or the country have that as well. So it look, it, it's. It's there. It's it, it's very very useful to a lot of teams, and um, it will be going forward. And I can I can imagine that over the next couple of years, it's going to only enhance again. And uh, you know, some looking for another way through and uh, another advantage with it as well. So it's uh, yeah, it's top class, and it's probably only going to get better. And like as Joe mentioned there, Danny, like he was saying, like back then you'd have to watch all the game. I suppose. Like when you were playing, would you have got like individual clips or would you just have to watch the full game? No, we would have got individual clips. It would have been, um, it would, it definitely would have been broken down into a number of different key areas. Um, at times it would have been very general and at times it would have been very specific. And, and on many occasions, uh, I have to say it got quite heated. When the video man, there was a separate hit video man, and he would have been picking out certain clips and saying, "Right, well, we we think this or we think that." And on a number of occasions, the 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 player would come back and says, "Like, what the fuck would you know about football? Do you know?" And this is this is the, this is the thing. It's it's. I think when it's coming from the manager or one of the one of the coaches, you're you're kind of going right. You just have to you just have to take it like, but. When it's coming from the video man himself, it can be quite. Uh, we we found we found it can be. Uh, it can be. Uh, how would you say it? It is very very subjective. I remember actually, we played Armagh in the Division Two final, uh, the Division Two final in 2010 actually, and we had went through the whole league unbeaten. And then when it came to the final, we were actually beat by Armagh by uh, two points or something then. And we didn't really perform. We, we Up until that point, we had been in, the group, in group Park a couple of times, qualifiers and league finals, and we hadn't performed, we hadn't won. But again, we went through the video analysis on, on a, a training weekend. And, the video, and, and he, he, he more or less just concentrated on me. And uh, I says after about three or four minutes of showing clips on me, I goes, for fuck's sake, would you close that thing down, you know? And I lost the head with the video man and started giving him shit, you know? And that was all right. All the boys were laughing and it, it ended up okay. But to be fair to Brian McCabe at the time, he says, uh, I, I, Brian, Brian turned around to some of the fellas and he says, well, you know, for all 
you know, the, the times, the faults or the wide or giving the ball away. He says, at least, Danny, at least you were going for the ball where there was other boys that had hid for 30, 40 minutes and hadn't touched the ball at all. So, you know, in a lot of ways, it was a bit of a wake-up call for me from that particular stance. So it did, it did teach you. It definitely is a very, very good way of giving feedback because, you know, as a player, you know, you're so much in the moment that sometimes when you go and review your own game, you think, oh, well, maybe there was things that I should have done or shouldn't have done. But it can be very, very hard to remember every single moment. And, um, you know, I think video and statistics definitely have their place. But sometimes, I think seeing now, stats are, are great and they have their place. But there, there is a thing called the eye test that I keep going back to. And, you know, uh, when you know your football, you know your football. And I think when you watch a game, you have a good inkling uh, as a player when you come off where you had a good or bad game or in a different game. So, yes, they have their place, but sometimes it can be too much emphasis on it, you know. Um, you could have boys won 12K or 13K in a match. But how much of that is productive, you know? Uh, so uh, you know, it's 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 pros and cons. But I, I wouldn't go too much into it, you know. Just on that one, sorry, we 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 like shit Feller involved with us last year in the club, and he'd only pick his team based on what stats he would be and break down, and I I just couldn't get my head around it. And yeah, there was rows all over the place, but uh, he didn't last too long after that. But as you said, the- <laughs> and that's that's that is the big problem, you know. Mark Twain said there's there's lies, damn lies and statistics. And you can you can you can uh, you can put a stop to almost every single facet of the game of to life or whatever else. But sometimes, you know, you'll you'll not see for for those people that you try and give a bit of a license to, the Fords, for example, boys like I suppose Joe that you had to give a bit of a license to go and experiment within a game. So he might try an outside of the right over 35 or 40 yards. But that's, well, more often than not to come off, Joe. But do you know what I mean? you got to have a shot at it. And yes, you might give away the ball, but you might also, you know, it's a risk versus reward. And and I think in this day and age where there's total retention of the ball, don't give the ball away. I think that's, that's taken out the... The uh, the fun part of playing football, and I suppose that's what carry that's what carry so brilliant at. Um, they 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 allow likes of David Clifford to go and express himself and boys like that. You know, as Danny was touching on in there, like of the role of video video analysis and stats party. I suppose you can kind of see it creeping into the club game, and it's it's kind of a lot of clubs are doing it because they see the other big teams are doing it. Oh, yeah, and I, look, I think it's 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 been in the club game for a good number of years as well. But uh, I think sometimes, as you said, like there's a bit of a copycat culture. And right, we have video analysis, or we have the game recorded, or we have certain numbers. But the problem sometimes is the player, or the sorry, the manager, or the coach doesn't even know what he wants to look at in the first place. You know, he hasn't. He's actually not quite clear in his own eyes of actually what. Say for everyone, say, but what is his game plan? You know, or what does he want an individual player to do? So suddenly then if there's, a, if there's an issue there, suddenly then you've got all these numbers coming back to you and then you're not really sure what that means. And, how am I go- and then all of a sudden then there's going to be miscommunication to the team or the player based on those. You know, so sometimes, yeah, so like, like again, I agree with the lads. 
there's certainly a place for it and they can be very beneficial but like I've, but unless again it's like unless it's making a difference you know so unless you feel whether it is using one stat or you're using 20 numbers or whatever it might be but in the day is this helping us they all say like is it helping the, ro- the boat or the boat to go faster or whatever you know there's some quote like that but like it is like that's the way you would like it's saying I don't care like and like we could, we could relate this even to the size of backroom teams and the lads know like you know we'll see there could be 20 guys on the sideline for Dublin for an Ireland final for, I remember there was a, or was there an image there of Limerick there when they won the hurling or Ireland they had a certain amount of people in their backroom staff and just say it was 20 then it's like deemed oh well if you don't have 20 you don't want to go backroom team but then I'd say it like I've seen I've seen backroom teams that have only been a half a dozen and they've been excellent and I've seen backroom teams that have had double that and they've been excellent and vice versa poor backroom teams with massive numbers poor backroom teams with small. so it's all just about whatever you're doing is it helping you make the ball go faster like and I think that's where we have to be I suppose where like if club teams are trying to copy or see what say learning from what inter-county teams are doing they've just got to be quite clear on why they're using it or how they're going to use it and I think that's where maybe it still there's a bit of a learning curve that way in regards to um, using the products but I suppose the chat but and I see the challenge with this though, it's all business and making money, like so things are being marketed and so you know, based on this will make the difference. You know what I mean? So again, like it's it's that's why another reason why as a coach or a manager or a club, like you'd be quite quite clear of how and why you're going using whatever you decide to use, like, do you know? Yeah, no, definitely some interesting points there. Um but I suppose we'll get into the action. And Danny, we have to come to you about um, your passion for Galway this year. It's been remarkable. Um, for us, Ross Common coming up against um, Galway this weekend at, at quarter past one uh, on Sunday in the Connacht Senior Championship um, semi final. How do you see this one going? <laughs> do you need to ask? <laughs> uh, I am. Um... Should I, should I even should we even talk about the down Donegal game based on 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 how what a total uh, debacle that that had that was? So can I can I really be in a position to to not Galway? Probably not. But uh, you know when you when you look at I suppose uh, Galway and how they're going to play, and I suppose that's the that's going to be the most interesting factor for me is how Galway are going to set up against Roscommon because Roscommon. I think Roscommon are sitting, they're certainly sitting in the top 10 teams in the country, okay? They're certain, certainly sitting in round there and on any given day, they, they can really pull a result out. So I think they're a really decent squad of players, very, very decent squad of players without handing, without having, sorry, any real star individuals. Yes, there's, there's, there's a couple of real key players there, but they, they still haven't that Shane Walsh or... Uh, even Comer when he's on his game, um, and on like a like a Clifford, they're still missing that we sprinkle a sawdust, but a star sawdust. Uh, but I have to say that uh, I'm really looking forward to the game. I think it'll be a very very open game of football. Um, and uh, dare I say, they're going to sit in the fence. It's, it it really could come down to a point or two points either way, and I think it's too too close to call. I think Galway. You know, obviously, we're a bit of a downer because of the Monaghan game getting beaten at relegation and the Monaghan, which we were beaten as well. I have said it all belong. I, th- I think that, you know, Galway a couple of years ago were close. 
I've definitely think that they've that they haven't progressed. They've certainly come back from that, and you can even see from last weekend's in Down versus Donegal when Down Down went out to play a defensive game to stay in the game, and they ended up getting beat by sixteen points. So you would have to think that there is merit in what Joyce is thinking and wants to do, but you cannot forget that if you're going to go forward. If you are going to go forward, you've got to have some kind of structure at the back. And there, you know, one, one thing I noticed this last number of years within football, if I'm sent out to do a man marking job on Potty, I'm standing with Potty the entirety of the game. That's who I'm standing with. So if Joe comes running through the middle and Potty's gone, Potty's out of the game, then I'm not seeing the danger there that Joe can wreak with the ball from 30 or 40 metres out, I am sticking to potty. And, and the, I suppose that's the frustrating part for me is, you know, I suppose as a player, you always go, you know, and you're always given that licence to go where you think the danger is. Now, l- l- like it or not, you make those decisions on the field and it's in those moments and it could go against you, but it could also go with you. And, you know, my frustration with, with the game and the way players are being coached is near is nearly that they're being overcoached into some kind of defensive system where yes there's accountability but you know as far as selflessness and as far as going to see what the danger are um again I think that can be lost somewhat and, and that can render any defensive structure that you have relatively useless. And I think that's where Galway have went wrong. I think that players are standing yes marking their men but they're not seeing what the danger is, if you if you know what I mean, and uh, and you can only learn that in the moments and and to give boys that ability to go and see what the danger is. So I'm certainly looking. For, it's a game I'm looking forward to because you've good two good teams, players on on each side, and certainly I, I love watching Shane Walsh play. So I think you you get something out, something different, something class out of him every every time he he, he takes the field. So I'm certainly it's one that I'm looking forward to, but. It'll be a point or two points either way. And Joe, like the point Danny raises there about the defense, like we've we've seen these both of these sides set up defensively in games, but they've really set up defensively and brought numbers back. But it really looks like when you see these defenses back in numbers, like that they're back there, but they're not necessarily filling a role and like teams aren't finding it that hard to break go air Ross coming down when they are on the attack. Yeah, and you, you can see it's an organisation m- more so than anything. There's a pile of numbers back and we've seen that in the last couple of games of the league. But Galway, they were just they were just past the man on, past the man on. There was no contact and teams were still getting in for big scores against them. Um, I think it's just not, in, even with Ross Common, I, th- I don't think it's in the DNA of the players to have that mindset. So it's, it's not going to be an automatic switch so it's going to take maybe there are obviously the rest of this year going into next year for for choice and um Cunningham to actually get that set up in place going to be there a wee bit longer but I don't think they go out to a, have a massive offensive setup it's more about the team they play I think they're very attacking players um and, and they probably don't have as good a defenders of goal as goal we do have so I think goal we have more scope to actually be able to set up a proper system and to be able to break out and, and obviously tr- come back, break into that half-back area to be able to turn over teams because 
the problem is with God that they're allowing them back to that they're just dropping back too deep into their full back line. Next thing, you know, you're getting these top quality forwards that are coming in taking shots from 35 yards out, and it's you know that's a 89% shot for most of them boys, and and that's where it go. We are falling down, and they're going to have to have a serious look at. No, if they, I think they will win the game at the weekend, and um, but when you're coming up against the likes of Mayo in a in a conic final, as I envisaged, I'd I'd imagine they're going to have to do something. You know, Mayo putting up big scores and have been over the last um, couple of months in the league, and you know even last weekend a bit another big score. But um, they're going to have to focus obviously on this game because they're not ju- jumping out as a as a contender to be competing in the top eight. To be honest. Um, they're there, thereabouts, you know, a rough league, very inconsistent. Um, and they've, they've just got, I, I don't know, I don't know. Um, maybe they don't know the best team, they've got a number of injuries, and the lads coming in and out, and they're probably trying a few things. Um, but still, you've got to look at the year you're in. You know, it's very short. You've got very little time to be chopping and changing teams. You've got to try and get a focus on probably your top 12 and who you know will be starting out your 12 lads with three or four lads to come in and out in, in either all game. So it's, it's, it's going to be, as Danny says, it's not going to be a big, big, it's going to be an open game, but I don't think it's going to be much in it, but I, I do think Galway will, will probably see it out in the end. And for Galway as well, I suppose there has been a lot of criticism, Paulie, but like from first day out when they got the hammering against Kerry and to where they came, I suppose, against Monaghan, five points up, and they did have chances to push on, but they probably know after that game what they needed to work on. Do you think if they can take a learning from the Monaghan game, it could be a blessing in disguise for them? Well, I, look, I suppose that isn't that the challenge from any team in the league who maybe haven't performed as well, like, is that it's how that kind of, it's how that's being reviewed and communicated in the group, like, so suddenly that could be in, like if part of Joyce or his backroom are communicating that in the sense of, oh, we're going very bad, we've loads to work on, or instead are they communicating in that like if we can get one or two things right, it's marginally better, we can see then like that could have a, a massive consequence or uh, uh, improvement in our scoreline, which obviously reflects winning, winning more games. Like So again, it depends. Like, look, I don't see, um, like, again, the, Based on who they're playing, like they're not like Roscommon again have been in the Super Eights. Like, but if like right, if it was if Galway were playing a Dublin or Kerry or so on on Sunday, it'd be or the weekend to be different. But based on now, they're still like Galway. If, I suppose this is the kind of game like where if Galway perform, they're plenty good enough to win the game. I think like over the last number of years, Roscommon won fear Galway, and you'll see at times where, um, and Roscommon has turned Galway over. But you'd always in the days the Ross Common turned Galway over a couple of years ago in Pierce Stadium. Um, you'd say on the day then Galway were poor. Do you remember my like? So it's and like, it's, this is the acid test. Like, is that I think Galway can sort things out. I think they can take learnings from the league. But it, Sunday's game is not about winning in style. It's about winning the game, and I think that's maybe a struggle for Galway. Um, maybe back to, again, like without looking back too far, but back to Kevin Walsh's thing. They had the ability to win games without maybe looking spectacular in a way. Whereas, and that's the kind of that's what got them the consistency, like, and um, made them hard to beat. And I suppose the problem at the moment is when they're not playing really well, they end up conceding a lot of scores. So now that you put a challenge on Sundays, like if they can come out of Sunday putting in a solid performance, winning by a couple of points, well, then I think that's that will stand them a good stead then for the next day against Mayo or whatever. 
Do you know So, like, I just think it's the challenge for Sundays because Roscommon will be hard. They're hard to play against. I know they haven't had a good league, but they've a lot of experience in the team, etc. They've been playing in Division One. You know, yeah. So this is this is the this is the test. Like, forget about the league now. This day, this is the test for Galway now. If they can, it's going. To, it's not going to take a spectacular performance. It's going to take a solid performance. If they can get that in, get the result by a couple of points. Well, then I think then that will be that's what will stand them in to put up a challenge to Mayo. Not whereas if they, if Roscommon suddenly don't turn up and Galway win by <clears throat> win by half a dozen points, <coughs> excuse me. Then I think then this will be question marks. Who knows how they're going to fare against Mayo? Do you know? So that's that's the right here coming into the weekend. Well, why would you set up though, Paul? You know, if, if Galway go out and play a free flowing football game and win the game, but then they go into a conic final and get bet by fifteen points because they've not gone into that defensive system from the weekend. Do you you go and set up the system from this weekend, or do you go out and just try and? Win the game? Uh, I think there's a chance based on the way Ross Common play. That they'll be allowed to be set up a bit defensive. Do you know what I mean? Like that Ross Common will kind of like to hold one or two players extra back, or like to hold maybe one, like be more disciplined in holding their fence back, which will in turn will allow maybe free up a Galway player, say to be nominated as a sweeper or just to, to get back. So I don't, I don't necessarily see him maybe going as defensive as they might go for if if they get through, but I just think based on who they're playing, it will allow. Do you know what? Some days you might you don't you mightn't go yeah. out to play with a sweeper. But suddenly, because the other team are bringing men behind the ball, you just you you just have you have an extra cover in front of your backline or whatever. So like I just think that, like obviously we're not one hundred sure how they'll set up. But I just think based on playing Ross Common, it will make it. They'll, they'll be able to. They'll still be able to practice being kind of having that defensive cover, which they will need if they progress to play Mayo. Like the big pro- the big problem I would see Joe from from Galway's perspective, if if you do what Kerry done last year and you were you know you. I suppose you were taken to grant for granted that you would win the Munster title and you would go and play the Dubs. If you were setting up defensively with that in mind, then there is the chance that you can get caught in a game, which which is exactly what happened against Cork, where they were maybe looking down the line, going in even the last two minutes, there were a couple of points up and stuff. So the big issue, I suppose, with I think you have to take every game on the smart when it is a knockout championship that we have. Different if there's qualifiers where you have a second chance to rectify. But in a, not, in a straight knockout, you have to treat each game as a separate, nearly tactical session. And let's be, fair, let's be honest, inter-county players should have the ability to adapt uh, tactically to tweaks. Or they're not the major tweaks, but tweaks nonetheless. So, you know, these Galway players, they're, you know, they're good stock. They're good players. Um, you know, and they have a bit of experience um, under Kevin Walsh's regime. I just go back to the fundamentals, and the fundamentals is the identity of Galway. If you're going to change a management team, you would hope that that change would uh, would nearly kickstart more progress. Galway weren't that far away under Kevin Walsh and Paddy Talley and stuff like that. That setup, and has have they progressed? And that that's the question for Galway and Galway fans. And like Joe as well, Ross Common do have um, plenty of quality, but I suppose a bit of a disappointment. Like when you look back at them last year in the championship, and this year in the league, they have been, I suppose, maybe lateral around that middle third of getting the ball inside because like the real quality inside that Ross Common forward line. When you look at the Mertas and Connor Cox. 
Yeah, I think winning primary possession is is the issue at the minute from around midfield, and that's where I think they'll struggle against Galway. Um, they have a lot of classy players, very similar players like and the Smiths, and as you were saying, you know, Cox inside, probably not going as well as he was last year, so he's not getting much of a much of a run. But um, they are they are some quality puppets, but I just think they've leveled off. Um, they probably hit their peak a couple of years ago, and they've probably leveled off to probably where they are, maybe just inside the top eight. Um, and and that's that's the issue. You know, there's no. Danny was saying there's no sort of superstar or player that can carry them and kick one five or one six. Cox done it last year, maybe the year before, but he seems to be out of favour at the minute. So it's um, it's it's them struggling to get primary possession to get get that ball into the forward line where they're struggling to get big scores and and, and where they used to um, have maybe four or five. They'd have a range of scores from all across the pitch. You know, the the half forward line was very strong. The half backs would, would drive up the pitch and create overlaps and. You just don't see that as much as as we did probably two years ago when they were when they were going very well. Um, so it's it, it's I, I don't see it changing much for the weekend because um, I do think always midfield will have a foothold around the the middle third and um, to drive that on. And with Shane Walsh picking up a lot of breaking ball around the middle, I'd, I'd expect him to come out in and around, maybe back in and. You know his driving runs. I don't think there's anyone going to be able to keep keep on top of him. So it's um, look, it, it it'll be very interesting how, how the two teams do set up. Um, look, they, they might go defensive. I'm not too sure, but I, I don't expect them to. They're quite free flowing footballing teams, and it's um, it's a game that'll probably be very enjoyable for the neutral to watch. And um, hopefully we'll get we'll get a good game with some quality scores as we've already seen over the last couple of weeks. Paddy, do you think like for both of these teams, obviously, um, in certain games in the league, um, teams have went out, hit the ground running, and they fell behind. I suppose it hadn't really happened to Galway, but the Kerry game, and there is questions still if Galway go five or six points behind, what's going to happen? And it's probably the same for Ross Common as well. Yeah, I suppose there is. Like, look, you can't like, look. Obviously, in the training ground, they got to work in those scenarios. But I suppose looking ahead to, you know, you're looking ahead to playing a championship game at the weekend. You can't be dwelling on that. Like you've got a base of what what you're trying to bring. What's your role? And you're trying to be positive, and you're trying to take the game to the opposition. And obviously, then, you know, you know, if you're like if you can see one or two scores, maybe there's a strategy in place to deal with that. Like, but you can't be over dwelling on it because then you're going to forget to play. Like. You know what I mean? You're going to be, you know, you're in a, I suppose you're in a negative headspace, like, and um, yeah, but that is, but that's why you look, but that is the question marks. And, but look, the bottom line is, look, whoever, come, I think, I know I was kind of emphasizing Galway where to go, but even if Ross Common get a result at the weekend, it's just, I just think it's, it sets them up then to put in a really good challenge against, um, uh, against Mayo. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, it's just, you know, like this game at the weekend is going to be close. Both teams are coming from a place where they feel they could be playing better. They feel, you know, they haven't won enough games recently. We all know what it's like, you know, when things aren't going as well and suddenly you get a championship win, you know, and, and none of us can, like, there's quality in both teams. So there's quality in both teams, not quite playing as well. Suddenly you, you win a close championship game against a decent side. So that's, you know, I just think that's going to be a massive boost to whoever comes through. Like, so I, can, like, so I just think for now... You know, the, the, I suppose the key for both sides is not. I'm sure, like they're not dwelling; they're learning rather than dwelling on the, on the maybe the concession of scores at different stages in the league. Like you know, and um, as I said, I think they're two both sides, both managements and players. They're too experienced. I think at this stage, 
to be dwelling too much on what's happened a few weeks ago. I suppose the challenge will be just the short turnaround is how much improvement either side will have over the last number of weeks. Like so that is the challenge. Like whereas normally you might finish a league campaign and sure you could have so you could have you could have six to eight weeks before you're playing championship. Do you know? So it's a bit different this time. And George, do you think as well, I suppose Damien Comer's returned training for Galway this week, but um he's only returned this week, so maybe that's saying he might only play a role from the bench, but it could be huge in this game, his fitness as well. Yeah, and look, it's a it's a, a different scenario than possibly the Michael Murphy one from last week. Donegal probably would have won the game without Michael Murphy and could have maybe left him on the sideline for the whole game or even for 10, 15 minutes to go. But I think Homer, it depends. Like, I'm pretty sure it was a hamstring injury that he had. So he, No, it's, uh, it's his thumb. Oh, his thumb. Oh, well, that's not so bad. If it's not a muscle injury, um, I, I think he should be able to slip right in. It, it, I'm sure he, he's, he's keeping himself fit. Um, I don't worry about his condition. He's an absolute beast. So if they can get him on the pitch, um, I definitely don't see uh, Galway losing this game. I think he, him and Shane Walsh complement each other so well. He's he's just a wrecking ball inside and a couple of lads need to keep an eye on him and, and that's how much of an influence he can have on the game. And he, he's one of the leaders on the team as well. So it'd be a massive boost for Galway if he was around. And look, I, 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 I'm a big fan of his and the way he plays and he's just down go for goal, pure power and strength and he's got the skill level as well to match that so if, if he's available um, and if it's only a thumb not only a thumb injury but it's a thumb injury that has, has repaired itself um, I'd say there's a very good chance he'll see some game time Yeah no that's definitely probably going to be the game of the weekend um, we'll move on to the Ulster Senior Football Championship quarter final uh, and the game will look at first. Armagh and Antrim at half three in the Athletic Grounds on Sunday. Um, Danny, a lot of hype about Antrim at the moment, and then a lot of hype about um, Armagh, which is still think Armagh should have too much quality in this. You, you would. Um, listen, Armagh had a very disappointing exit last year against Donegal, and you know they were just hammered out the gate in every way, physically on the scoreboard. So, you know, Kieran McGinney made a lot of ruthless decisions in that he changed his entire backroom team and that has seemed to have done the trick. And, you know, and they retained their status in Division 1. Uh, they retained it comfortably, I suppose, uh, in their last game. Um, so, and the, you know, they would have counted themselves unlucky to find themselves in that space anyway, given the results that they had. They won defeat, yes, against uh, Trone, but they, they, they drew with Monaghan and they drew with Donegal. Um, and those are games that the Verbi could have won. So, um, you know, Armagh are building. Um, and I've said that for this last couple of years, sort of, I've always found when expectation is put on Armagh, then, you know, in the past, that they haven't lived up to it. Um, but I think there's a new wee bit of steel with them. Um and, uh, you know, yes, Antrim have been promoted from Division 4 and they're on a bounce and there is a new management team. So all them things are going in Antrim's favour uh, at the minute this season. Uh, but given the knockout nature of this, I just see Arma winning through this game, but I think it'll be tough. Um, and unfortunately, 
I think Antrim are one of these teams that could really benefit from from a run in the back door. And I suppose it was said there last weekend. I'm not sure who said it. That how our, it was actually the Cork manager actually, Ron McCarthy, had said how a back door championship couldn't be facilitated is 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 a bit mystifying. And I would sort of agree with them because you look at teams that have exited now. Good teams like Clare um, uh, that don't get an opportunity until next season. I just think it it is a it is a very very better pill to swallow, you know. So listen, I think Aberdeen will give it a good shot. They're obviously wide at the minute, uh, but I just see Armagh just having too much quality and and have played it at that level, that Division One level now for 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 the season and, and got good results. I think they'll be, I think they'll be. Probably a wee bit too much for Antrim, you know. Yeah, and Paulie, Danny, Danny talked today about like Armagh playing at that level, but they suffered a lot of injuries as well. So it's definitely helped their squad in one way, like some of the squad players getting that experience of playing against the top teams, and definitely had an advantage to Antrim when they're to play in Division Four, obviously. Yeah, but look, look, I think the challenge for Armagh, like, is that look in a lot of their games in the league. They wouldn't have been massive underdogs, but they would have been, you know, they certainly wouldn't have been the favourites to win the game. Do you know your local derbies, whatever? Like, so I just think the challenge now is another local derby in, in ways here. Like, but now they're they're the red hot favourites, you know. And sometimes over the last number of years, maybe when there was ex- expected, there was a bit of expectation or Matt to perform, they didn't. Do you know the way? Like, and um, so I just think the challenge for them now again, it's it, similar in ways. In a way, it's kind of the Galway in a way, like this, like. Right, the league is the league. You learned a certain amount from it. They had a lot of positives, but like this is the ch- this is the the challenge now for Armagh. Like the right there's an expectation. Yeah, I I think if they play well, they bring their we call it a Division One performance. Then they'll only be one. They'll only be one result at the weekend. But like you know, you'll see like as much as the contests have been one sided over last weekend, there's going to be a shock somewhere. Do you know what I mean? So, like, I just think that the the the, cha- the challenge for Armagh is to be mentally ready. Is if that if Armagh if Antrim bring a really solid defense, like, and again, like, there's a few Antrim, few Tyrone boys in the backroom staff of of um, Antrim, like, so they're going to be well up and they know Armagh really well, like, so you know, it's the challenge. I suppose the challenge for Armagh is that if they find after the first quarter they're in a real game here, like that Antrim are tearing into them, Antrim are really organized, scores are tight. What's going to happen then, like? You know, so again, as I think, if it's it's not Sunday, is not about being spect. It's not about Armagh being spectacular. It's about just showing that they're the Division One team, and you know, and showing their the difference between maybe Division One to Division Four and winning by a couple of points. It doesn't necessarily need to be a hammering. I think if they can do that, well, then then they'll that's a, a progression for them. Yeah, and Joe, like as as Paulie mentioned there for Antrim, obviously the key for them is going to be to keep staying in the game. Last quarter, but like they're coming into this game with no pressure either, as well. Oh, yeah, and that's a perfect way coming under the radar. But just coming in under the radar and not being on it as well, you know, I just think they're too much of a gap in where they're at at the minute. And they look, they had a good league, but I think Armour are on a different zone altogether. They're very focused on where they want to be. You know, McGinney's not that he's under pressure, but he's what six or seven years in at the minute. Um, expectation is quite high, and and it keeps building every year that he's involved and he, he has high expectations as well, especially especially when I would bring Kieran Donahue and Kieran McKeever back in as well. Um, you know, 
they'll have massive aspirations to to do well in Ulster this year. And I think an Ulster title for them is is minimal of what they expect for themselves. And I just think they they've really up their game. And we were speaking about them proving that they were good enough to be in that Division One atmosphere. And you know they, they have showed that. And to be fair, um, their style of play, um, you know their score taking, the 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 scores that they're putting up is very encouraging. And um, I know we spoke about some of the injuries they had in the in the back line, but I think ho- hopefully they'll be cleared up and them boys will be back in and available. And it'll only bolster up the defensive side of things as well because um, they were leaking a, a number of scores. But if they can get everyone back, make sure that they tighten up the ship at the back, their full forward line is is unstoppable. And you know they've they've got three very good lads who can score one four five at at any day as well. You know so it's. It's. Um, I think it's going to be not an easy game. It's going to be obviously Antrim will, will put it up to and be very aggressive and try and sort of knock them off their rhythm. But I just think Armagh will have way too much quality across the pitch to be troubled too much. Danny, it was interesting to hear uh, Kieran Donaghy speak after the Roscommon one when they won by nine points in the relegation playoff. He was saying that the management team were going to treat this game as if they lost it ahead of Antrim. Yeah, and Kieran obviously I've worked with Kieran for a number of years. Um, obviously played against him as well for a few. Um, and he's a fantastic character. That's the one thing, you know. There's people that brighten up the room when they leave it, but Kieran's certainly one guy that will brighten up a room when he when he's in it. And uh, he's full of, you know, he's very gregarious and outgoing and. You know, he, he's when he plays his game, when he plays football, he's very, very intense. And, and thought he would have probably come across that when, when Kerry and Cork had their great battles down the years. But like, Kieran loves winding up the opposition, the opposition crowd. Really, he really uh, it takes a lot from it. So the, the big criticism of Arma in recent years, particularly last year, is that they weren't aggressive. They weren't aggressive on the ball carriers, the men in possession. They weren't aggressive. And as Joe said rightly, your first thing you have to do is win your own wee battles and stuff like that. You have to be aggressive. And that's one thing that Down didn't do against Donegal. They were, were not aggressive to the man in possession. And those are the fundamentals. And they haven't changed in, in 100 years of Gaelic football. You have to really want to go to war with the opposition when you go and play them. Now, as far as Antrim are concerned, this is a gimme. This is, they have nothing to lose in this game. And, you know, I suppose Armagh and Kieran himself will know very, very little about Armagh really because, you know, it's been years since they've played in the championship. It's been, it's, you know, obviously Armagh is operating in the first division and Antrim are now the third division. But I can tell you, there's nothing much below. You know, you can't tell me that if Antrim and Down and Down stayed in Division Two, if Antrim and Down played in the morning, that Antrim couldn't very well beat them because they probably could, um, especially given their performance that Down had last weekend. So this is by no means a, 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 a certain win for Armagh. Armagh will need to be on their game. But what's going in their favour is the fact that the results have improved this year. They've shown a wee bit more bite in those games against, you know, Donegal and Monaghan even through where they were beaten. So um, I think they've learned from last year that they do need to be more aggressive. Um, and that's one of the reasons why they probably, it was a subdued, uh, it was a subdued celebration against uh, Roscommon when they won the match and they won it well. 
and it's you know a case where and I know Cairn uh, extremely well. Cairn's attitude was, well, you don't celebrate releg- you know, staying out of relegation. You cel- celebrate winning, um, and that's that's his mentality, and he'll, he'll definitely be taking that, and that'll show it through on Sunday um, when when they play Antrim. So, um, listen, Arma, you know. From a subconscious point of view, they'll be confident they can go to an Ulster final. But again, Anthem won't go roll over easy, and and that bounce that Andy McGinley's had this year will count for something. That's for sure. And then there's also Monaghan for Monaghan waiting in the wings there. And let me tell you, Monaghan, they haven't gone away. Yeah, just getting on to that game now, um, Paddy. Monaghan played for Mana, um, on Saturday at half three as well. Both of them games live on BBC Northern Ireland but like you'd have to expect there's a real bounce within the Monaghan camp after that victory over Galway and the way they won it There's certainly going to be a bounce like but again you know do you ever see an easy game in Ulster football or, you know like so like again today right things haven't gone too well for Fermanagh but again you know and right Monaghan are highly fancied like but that's you know you've got to win the battle like you know so him not like while I still based on results You'd fancy Manning to win if Manning bring a Division One performance, they'll win the game. But like it's you know, for Manning are going to make it very difficult. Do you know what I mean? So again, that can, again as I said, all it takes is uh, Manning to be a few percent off of where they need to be. You know, and, and then it's different. Like there's different pressure. There's, you know, it's this is championship. This is knockout. There's no back door. Do you know? So as I suddenly Manning are small bit off it, or maybe their conversion rates are small bit down. Suddenly for Manning are making it really difficult. They're keeping, you know, they're 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 hard to break down, whatever, etc. It's turning into a real battle. Sure, like then, who knows what can happen? Do you know what I mean? And I like I would even agreeing with Danny said there, like about it's similar with, with like the Antrim and, and Armagh game. Yes, there's a favourites, but it's look. I'm I wouldn't be surprised if it's very close between Manon and Fermanagh. And I think if you look back at results over the last few years in Ulster football, like it's just it's just about get 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 the championship on the get your championship. Um, Start off on the right note, like and just get a win, simple as like. Do you know, come in. I think you progress from there. I think even look at Cavan last year, like you know they they didn't set the world alight, but they got better game by game, you know. And that's that's the way I see it from um uh at the weekend, like is that we had open games at times in the league, and again that's fine in the league, but like you didn't want and have to expect that it mightn't be quite as open. And once they're expecting it not to be quite as open, well then then I think then they'll have the they'll have the ability then to get the right result. Whereas if they're going with the wrong mindset, well then, who knows what could happen then? And Joe, it's, the thing for Fermanagh really is the majority of the scores came from Shawnee Quigley, and if Monaghan like will play with numbers back, but if they really block out Quigley here, like just the thing for Fermanagh to compete is like if Shawnee Quigley isn't getting the scores, who will get them for them? Yeah, and look, they've had that over reliance probably on him over the last number of years. But he's a he's a quality footballer. He's very loved, very nice feet, very clever footballer, and um, he'll still get a couple of points no matter how how well Monaghan try and keep tabs on him. You know, he's he's a handful. They can go long. They, he comes out. He can he can loop around and kick his goals off both feet. Kicks kicks the freeze as well. So um, it's not it's not an automatic shutdown for Monaghan. It could take one or two players to maybe put put manners on him, but. Um, that's the problem then if they do and nullify him to a, a point for of maybe five or six points where's the rest of the score going to come from and you know they are struggling to have any 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 other impact throughout the throughout the pitch and 
Um, I just think Monaghan would be just too clever and they'll be able to work it. And, and I think with Monaghan in the league, they started off quite bad. I think, I think it was more that Banty was maybe trying a few new things, maybe trying to bring in new fellas, not over-reliance on Conor McManus. Um, you know, so I think he's realised that he's still the main man. He's still the boy that's going to actually kick all the scores for them and bring in, obviously, other lads around him. You know, just because he kicks seven or eight points and um, is the high scorer of most games, that doesn't mean he doesn't link in with a lot of other players and create other opportunities for the for the other four, five forwards as well. So um, I, I think Monaghan will come good here. As Paulie was saying, it will be tight. You know, Fermanagh have had a couple of tight results, not probably not going their way over the last couple of years, uh, but they've come out with a game plan. I'm sure Rice and Fermanagh will, will sort that out and have something in play for for this game and try and, you know, he'll be doing whatever he can to win, win the championship game. And if he can do it against Monaghan, he'll be delighted. And Danny, Monaghan a bit similar to Fermanagh, like we all know at this stage, Conor McManus and Monaghan's over-reliance. Like we've seen Conor McCarthy in glimpses of the league, Jack McCarran against Galway. And I suppose for Monaghan people, they just want to see these performances of the other Monaghan forwards in championship. And that's the big... And that is the big challenge that Monaghan have. And it's going to be the big challenge uh, after Conor McManus goes. Uh, Conor McManus is still vital for Monaghan. And they have had difficulty replacing replacing him. And, uh, and they will. There's only, there's, I suppose, the, the likes of Conor McManus, those type of players come, come around every once, every couple of generations. Like we talk about Nudie Hughes, like obviously way back in the day with, with Monaghan as well, what a wonderful footballer he was. And, you know, it, it took a long time nearly to get those those marquee forwards about, you know, and uh, they just don't, they just don't come around that often. And yes, Conor McCarthy, you know, you've seen glimpses of how how brilliant he can be on any given day and the potential. And the same with Jack McCarran, but, as I said, that the problem is the inconsistency of those those guys, and you might see them playing brilliant on one Sunday, and then you'll not see them there for two or three games. Then after, and uh, I suppose that is the big that that is the big challenge for Bandy. That's a big challenge for Monaghan going forward. There's no doubt that McCarthy and McCarran and guys like that have potential, but it's trying to get that eight eight nine out of ten performance week in, week out, and that's what McManus could do. His consistency, his ability to lift his game, no matter what, no matter what the occasion, final, not final, you know, invariably they won two Ulster finals, 13 and 15 on the back of that. Darren Hughes as well. We can't discount the fact that the Hughes brothers have and um and the Wiley brothers as well at the back. But again, it is a team that's getting on. It is a team that's getting on in age and uh, that would be my big concern about Monaghan how Bonte and how the players, to be fair, have motivated and re-energised themselves to keep coming back and delivering the league performances that they did, to keep coming back from five points down against Galway to win the game. You know, the, the, those kind of things are just epitomised Monaghan spirit. And I've always go back to the very, very basic point. If you were going to war in the morning, you'd certainly take a few Monaghan guys with you because... That's one thing they're not lagging as spurred. And uh, I, I do see them getting through for Mana. I think they had their hiccup last year against Calvin. You know, Bandy, if it happens two seasons around, he's under serious pressure. So 
he'll he'll not be taking that that game lightly. And uh, again, they're setting them up for a big game against Armagh or Antrim. Um, I just fancy it at Monaghan Armagh semi final, and uh, obviously you know that's going to be very very tight. Yeah, no, I'll definitely be interested to see how the game's going all through. Moving on to the um, Leinster Championship, um, we'll come first to meet in Longford, um, Joe, um, in Navin at three o'clock on Sunday. Um, like Longford bet Mead a few years ago in Championship. Um, Donald Kyogen could be out as far as I know. Is Brian Menton going to be out as well there? Or as of yet, didn't get any inside info to, to hand out to Longford boys as of yet, so I'll, I'll, I'll try and keep that quiet. Why do you even if you did, Joe? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, look, two leaders of the squad and have been over the last couple of years, and um, Don will be a massive loss. Um, and hopefully Brian will be, will be fit to play. So, um, all going well. But yeah, look, it's going to be a tight game with everything that's going on with ourselves over the last couple of weeks with the under 20 setup and the, the messing with that. It just hasn't probably felt well around the squad and there's a bit of unease in the county as well. And there's, there's a lot of people talking. So it's um, it, it's not an ideal preparation going into the first round of the championship. And we just don't need it. You know, it's not as if we're flying on all cylinders. We're, we're trying to get to a position where we can compete for silverware and, and back to some sort of success. And, and do you think that'll affect the game on Sunday, Joe, the under-20s and the fallout from that? It just doesn't, you know, you say it just doesn't create a good vibe in the place. And there's lads playing under-20s and then they're caught between the hard and a rock, you know, and it's like, where do you go with this, you know? So it's, oh... It just, it's not good, you know, and the under-20s are the ones that are suffering because they're, they're with the seniors or they're with the 20s and and they want to play with the 20s, but they want to play with the seniors as well, you know, so, um, and look, hopefully the 20s play and, and they'll, they'll have a big impact. There could be two or three lads involved in it and I see them having a big impact on, on the game as it is. So, look, we've got to focus on the game now, put Longford first, you know, realise how important this game is for, for the progression of the players and the young lads coming through as well. So, we're, you know, in a minor, it's lens to find tonight as well. We hope to win. So, we have the players coming through. We just don't need all the stuff around it that's not helping the players to progress. And that's the issues that we have. And um, it's just one thing after another and a, another mess. So, if we can try and cut that out, focus on the most important thing is the players on in, in the squad you know, hopefully then we'll be able to focus on winning and, and back to success because there's players there to do that. Uh, we've just got to be all our own in the, in the one direction. And Look, Longford, uh, they had a good result against Carlo. It was it was probably, they were probably good for another four or five points on top of that. So it's um, it's 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 not going to be an easy game. It does help it being a Navin. Um, you know, again, obviously the surroundings that the boys are used to. So it's... Um, I expect us to win. Is it going to be easy? No, I think Longford will come up to try and do a job on us. And as uh, Danny was saying, there has to be a shock somewhere um, and, and Longford will be looking to cause that. But I, ho- I just hope we'll have enough up front and if we can get our shooting boots on and, and, and the boys, we've been rattling the net over the last couple of months, uh, can do that again. I, I think we I think we've just just hold on. Do you see the Conor McGill red hair as well? Um, he's out obviously this weekend. Do you see that being a big blow? I do because he's been there ever present for the last six, seven years. He's 
he's very underrated. I think I think he's probably one of the best fullbacks in the country. He's extremely solid. Uh, reads the game very well. Does his job. Doesn't do no mess and knows his role. Um, and does it with a lot of reassurance and, and keeps that full back line and the back line uh, rock solid. So look, hopefully we'll get through this, get them boys back for the next round and then um, um, focus on the, the semi-final. For Longford as well, Paulie, like they've, they have been a team that have really come under the radar. They've been keeping their status every year in Division 3 when you expect them to go down. And like even their shooters inside, like Green Brady and Robbie Smith and Mickey Quinn at the back, like there's some, there is some great footballers in Longford. There is, like, and I suppose what you did, all right, they're not up at the level of the likes of the Monaghan's, but still, while you'd kind of I suppose you admire what they've done or you'd respect to what they're done is like they've a small pick like and you know and they're but they're a bloody hard team to play against you know what I mean and no matter who plays them like you've got to, again like you, you get nothing easy off Longford you've got to perform if you want to get the result like and I just think that's you know that's something that's what you want in every team that you know you're hard to beat and um, and I just see that's the way with um with for me that weekend like you know I just think that if like time will tell whether all the stuff behind the scenes will have an effect or not or Maybe missing a couple of players, whatever it might be, but like it's <clears throat> me, you're going to have to bring a top performance, you know. <clears throat> Sorry, but um, yeah, so look, time will tell, like, but look, I I just think that it does, it's going, I think it's going to be a very close game, you know what I mean. And I just think that you know, me aren't exactly, I think they've regressed a small bit to where they were maybe a year or two ago, like you know, I remember playing Leicester finals two years ago. So look, um, I expect, I think, I expect a very close game. You know, and it, this it, this could be one of the games where there, you know, there's going to be a surprise result somewhere. You know, and if I was to sorry, no Joe, like, but if I was to maybe uh, pick a game where there might be a bit of a shock result, well, then this could be the one. No, you're right. I'll, I'll give you a good one. I was down with our. I was just doing a bit of a run down in the pitch yesterday. On the thirteens, were playing. I was just asked to come over and have a chat with them, and I asked who who wants to play for me when you get older. I think there was about seventeen or eighteen players and five lads who said yeah. You know, whereas 10 years ago, that would have been 15 of them. You know, and it just shows where we're at. You know, there's no excitement to play for the county team. There's no, and that comes with success. You know, no, you don't see the team around. You don't see the build up to the big games. They're just sort of kept in, you know, behind the scenes. And it, it just, that just, it was a bit of a shock for me. Now, it was my own club team, you know, and, and it's, a, it's a rural club. And, you know, you'd expect a lot more and a lot more young lads wanting to play for me than, in the next sort of four or five years, and it was it was a scary it was a scary thing when I look back at it. Well, we we we're in the same place, Joe. On us, on us. Listen, probably me's are in a better space than where we are, but I don't I don't think people uh, really grasp how I suppose desperately sad the situation is here and down for us because you know we haven't won we haven't won uh, anything of that. I know you said that your minors should win the last the final and stuff. We haven't won anything at minor level since 05, I think. We haven't been in a, a final uh, at underage level. And when you look at the facilities now, there's no bad GA facilities now anymore. There's no, you know, there's good fields, there's good clubhouses, there's gyms, there's everything. And like yourself, I'm from a small rural club and, we didn't have a clubhouse. I remember changing out of the huts, out of huts, and you could see through into the opposition change rooms. You could hear them getting their, you know, you see their manager giving a team talk, and that's that's how depraved that kind of era was. And when we got our new clubhouse and stuff, 
um, it was ab absolutely phenomenal for the community. But I, I, I'm not sure what is happening out there. Whether it's the clubs, uh, we as a club, as a as a community, we are not producing the same level of player that there used to be. And whether that's down to technology, whether it's down to playstations, whether it's down to you know, other distractions that the teams have, but they like the Dublin, they like to carry. Um, they're still, you know, they're still churning these class players out, and they're just we're, we're just not. And I suppose that's the big frustration. Now, I'm see it with me probably as well, you know. And and Corkers, I suppose, <laughs> in the same boat where where those players aren't being churned out that that once they were, you know. And Joe, like as you talked there, only. By people putting up their hands or whatever, that's obviously down to the county team not having success. And do you think that's not going to change until there is success? Well, I think so. You know, it's success breeds success, and 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 that's that's sort of a motto that I, I'd probably see quite a lot. Um, and and look at Dublin, like Dublin are more popular than Leinster rugby team. You know, young lads want to play for Dublin more than want to play for Leinster rugby team, and. And that just set, shows, you know, how much of an excitement there is around the team. Um, you know, look, that after winning six all Ireland in a row, they, they could have won more. Um, and if young lads see this and they say the Dublin players were plastered all over sort of billboards and advertisements, a young lad would say, I want to do that. I want to play for Dublin. I want to, I, I want, I want to win all Ireland. I want to play in Crow Park every year. And it was the same case when we were looking at the likes of sort of Graham Garrity, Trevor Giles, John McDermott, um, coming through from 96, 99, Tommy Dow, these lads. My era, we would have seen that, and that's what would have drove us on to, to want to play for me. Then. And it's, it's just a, a different generation. And um, we, we have the players, you know, we've been unlucky with losing players. A couple of lads have gone to um, the AFL, which would be two stonewall midfielders for us for the next 15 years and top quality footballers and look you've got to take that and other other counties and Hawk boys and down boys have seen that as well so we've we have we have to accept that and move on from it and bring the rest of the lads through because we have a lot of quality players we've just got to keep them involved and keep them interested and not be treating them like animals and dogs you know treat them with the respect they deserve and you know <laughs> like if i told you some of the stories it's, it's just laughable but it's treat them with the respect that you want them to go on and represent the county with next year at senior level, you know, and that's, that's where we need to get to. And unfortunately it's, um, we haven't just been doing that in, in a massive amount over the last couple of years and we need to start doing it to, to get the best out of all the players we have and to keep every player we have as well involved. So hopefully we can get, get by Longford and move on from the bit of mess over the last couple of weeks and um, have a bit, bit of sort of, excitement and maybe enjoyment around the, the county for the next couple of weeks then. Yeah, no, that'll be a fascinating one. Um, but that's the occasion there. Longford haven't been to Leinster semi-finals since 1988. Um, but moving on um, to another Leinster semi-final um, at half three, Wexford meet Dublin in Wexford Park. Um, Paulie, if you're the Wexford manager, how are you approaching this weekend look I suppose firstly I don't want to sound disrespectful in saying this like but like in lots of the games previewing tonight like we're on about you know where the, the favourites have to bring a really strong performance if not they're going to be in trouble or whatever we're like but look 
Look, the bottom line, there's only going to be one result, irrespective of anything. There's only yeah, going to be one result. by the engine of the Dublin bus. That's a fair chance. Yeah, something like that, all right. You know, but it is, look, it's just what way are Wexford going to approach it? Look, I just think, like, you've no choice but to approach it with a, a positive mentality. And, you know, otherwise, you're like, why not? Like, just go and give it your all and, 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 and again whatever game plan they have in mind you, you know you just try to implement it the best you can whatever way they feel they're going to try and you know not doubling the 15 threats you know whatever you know but look it's, it's, it's look it's a massive challenge and look what you don't want to happen is maybe look there's only one result but you don't want to be an absolute hammering do you know because that's no good for um, you say Wexford or whatever takes the glass off of their that was, it was the last week was their first um Champions winning a good couple of years, like so, like tis, yeah. yeah, it looks looks so like, and then they just got to bring um a positive mindset and 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 you know, but look, I just think look, where do you start? Like, you know what I mean? It's just it's just and that's it's not not necessarily down to, it's just look that's where Dublin are right now. That's there's just such a big gap now between Dublin and say no Wexford. Like so, look, I just think look, it's um, there is no real solutions if you know what I mean. Like that's that um. You know, like say this way, if Wexford set up really defensive this week, we'll try and keep the score down. I just think that's that's not going to work. Like, you know, so and I just think then when they, you know, if they go more open and bring the game to Dublin, that you know that might work for a period of time, a few minutes here and there. But overall, and look, to just to just look, there's too much of a gap between both teams. You know, so I suppose overall, again to sum up my first point, they just got to bring a positive mindset. You know, regards this is an opportunity to test yourselves against the best team in Ireland over the last number of years. Let's have a crack at it, you know. See how we get on. But show, I suppose, show no fear, you know, kind of, and just and see what happens. Go from there. And Danny, do you just do they set up with a blanket? Do they try and go for it? Like, how do they approach training this week, going into play possibly one of the greatest ever Gaelic football teams of all time? <laughs> um, good question. Uh, God. It's an invariable task. I don't think, oh, I don't think anybody would wish to be in their shoes. Um, I think the the only way that you can try, uh, you can try and 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 keep some respectability on, um, is try and you know negate Dublin's attacking prowess. Try and you know push press up where you can to give yourself a chance on their kickouts. Press where you can, um. But, you know, it'll be, you know, 15 players behind the ball and try and keep it, keep it really, really tight, you know. Um, so, listen, it's an enviable task. It's, it's, it's going to be brutally hard on them. But listen, the thing about it is you don't get to play Dublin every, every championship, uh, uh, every championship uh, much. So go out and enjoy it and really give it a lash and uh, listen if they, if they get beat they get beat and that's most likely nobody expect any difference so uh, if they keep it competitive um, certainly they deserve their, their 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 day with Dublin they deserve it absolutely it's part of the game and it's been part of our tradition uh, since the formation and foundation of the game so um, you know go out be positive about it as as um, as Paddy said, and you know, obviously, tactically, get get well structured, well set up, and, and and see what they have to bring. And as well, like even when you think about it, like Stephen Clutson and Dean Rock didn't play in the league, 
So like even every coming for and goes, Cormac Costello, Colin Basquiat, they're all looking to put in top class performances because if they're not, they're not going to be there the next day. And it's simple as that, really. Oh, absolutely. Um, it's uh, it's it is a great opportunity for for guys that are maybe on the fringes to get a shout for to get get in for um, the championship. And you 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 see the thing about it is invariably some of the toughest matches that Dublin will play will be in house games. Um, so they look on this game as an opportunity to test a few players to see see can they fit into the system that that Dublin are gonna I suppose. Uh, go with them uh, for the year and certainly you know if it's anything it's uh, for some of the forwards it's an opportunity to really fine-tune your shooting and fine-tune your tackling and your ball winning and stuff like that so certainly it's uh, listen it's 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 not going to be a test and there's no point in making it out to something that it's not um, but certainly there is an opportunity there for, for people to you know put a stake for a claim in the first 15. Uh, we'll just move on to Terry Leinster Championship quarterfinal. Leeds versus Westmead. You would have seen both of these teams in the league. Um, Leeds obviously lost all four of their games, but Westmead got relegated in the end, but in, extremely unlucky because they did put in some great performances across the Division 2 league campaign. They really did. And I suppose my my I was surprised that they actually down beat Westmeath, to be honest. And if they had obviously come through and won that game and they came back strong within it, they obviously didn't start well and down were a number of points up before Westmeath started to play. And and probably maybe in the end were unfortunate not to get the win. But you see you just seen that the gulf between the likes of Donegal and Down last week, you can see that that probably down found their level around Westmeath and Leash. I would expect Westmead to win the game. Um, and Leash, who are poor, it has to be said, and I watched them against Down, they are they, they are poor and they're still reliant on Big Kingston, they're full forward and stuff like that. Um, but as I say, um, I, I I just don't see uh, I don't see Leash winning this game. I think it's been a very poor year for them. I think there's inevitability about it, given the way the league has went for them. And you know, it's it's very difficult for them and tear teams with with going out in a first round championship match and not having any further football. The one positive, I suppose, from them internally is that they get to go back to their clubs and play a lot of club football and maybe look to to you know give a lot of club players within those counties a lot of football over over the summer that maybe they wouldn't be used to. But uh, you know, I see this as. As, as a mid-tier team in a championship game that are lucky, I suppose, to be drawn against um, uh, another mid-tier team to, to get their aim in the hat for the next round. And, uh, you know, a wee bonus. A wee bonus for them. So, uh, do we see, uh, to see Westmead win this game, yeah. Would you find it hard now if you were a player in Leinster? Like, I know they're going out to play Leeds or Westmead, but at the back of their minds, do you still that... I suppose thought that you could meet Dublin. Yes, but uh, yes, I would find it very, very difficult. Um, knowing that Dublin's always going to be there. But the thing about this is in Leinster, somebody has to start. And I would say that the Joe and Meath, you know, and the Kildare teams and somebody, somebody has to start somewhere in competing. They just can't write it Leinster off and just give up. So. 
it's an opportunity to get to a final, a provincial final, which isn't easily done. Uh, certainly not in Ulster, from what I was used to. In my playing career, I was um, I was subject to two Ulster finals and, and were beaten both. And I can tell you that you know you don't always get to a provincial final. It's it's worth playing in them, and you know give give me you know give me defeats rather than not getting there. Give me defeats because invariably there's going to be good results and good matches along the way, and it gives teams a chance to progress and that's all you're looking to do within Leinster you're looking to see progress year in year out you've seen Kildare they obviously they obviously got promoted in the first division that'll do them the world of good and they've got to start somewhere if they're going to start to close in on that goal for Dublin they're going to have to start by making a Leinster final by making games competitive no matter who they're playing yes it's too the gulf is too big there between Dublin but maybe you know, it, it won't always be like this. It's hard to see that now, but they have to start somewhere. But yes, it's demotivating. But what's the alternative? Throw them into a Mickey Mouse competition at B Championship? Definitely not. Are you not in favour of Tier 2 coming in at all? No. <laughs> Did I not say that before? I, I think a Tier 2 was ill thought out. I think that there's very few players within the second tier were consulted that it's going to affect. I think if you take out that big, big day out of uh, out of the calendar for any player, and it's the one thing when we were it, we, you know, believe it or not, you know, we were operating in Division 3. If you took the big day, the big Ulster Championship day, out of the scenario on those, would we have held on to our players and stopped them from going to America? I'm not so sure if we would have. And would we have made progress to get in the second and first division? I'm not sure we would have. So I'm not in favour of a, a of a of a tier two competition. I really am. Um, you know, when people say, "Oh, we'll give it the, we'll throw a lot of money on it, throw a lot of incentives and stuff like that," I think it'll be forgotten about. I think it'll be, uh, you know, the emphasis will, will always be on the run to Sam McGuire. and uh, you know, I think it's every every county's right to have a shot at the uh, uh, Sam McGuire and uh, there has to be a better way of uh, of restructuring the championship rather than putting people into tier two and, and telling them that they're not good enough, but they're good enough to contribute in all our facets of GA life, but they're not good enough to, to have a competition. Um, I suppose that's the socialist in me.